0: Welcome to Stepping Off Now, a podcast about how to live your creative best life. If you're feeling creatively stuck, burned out, or like you're not fulfilling your true creative potential, this podcast is for you. I'm Kendra, a social scientist and writer. I spent decades feeling creatively unfulfilled while I pursued conventional life goals, culminating in severe burnout that took years to recover from. This podcast chronicles my journey in real time as I find my way home to my essential creative self and seek to live my own creative best life. I discuss topics like harnessing the intuitive creative process, using creativity to manage mental health, and sorting through all the external pressures and expectations to figure out what you really want. My hope is that you'll find inspiration and solace here. You are not alone, and you are stronger and wiser than you know. You can find out more by visiting my website, KendraPatterson.com. Now, on to the show. Hello everybody, welcome back. It's good to be here. This week has been (laughs) a crazy one. I don't know, a lot of people have been telling me that this week has been a little nuts, maybe something in the air. I have a bit of a frog in my throat, so I apologize in advance if I sound a little gravelly at points. I'm also drinking coffee, which doesn't help. (laughs) One of the rules of podcasting when you start researching this stuff is to drink lots of water beforehand and drink it while you're doing the recording if possible. And of course, I have done none of that and am doing none of that. As I always like to say, I can't do all the things, right? I feel like most days of my life are an endless series of decisions about what not to do (laughs) so that I can remain calm, low stress, and in the right headspace for creative work. Today's topic comes out of a conversation I was having with a friend of mine earlier this week, an actor, writer, director, producer, jack of all trades type of guy. We were talking about how Hollywood loves a comeback story. And if you've been paying attention to Hollywood news, lately, you will know that there are a lot of very heartwarming comeback stories this awards season. Now, I actually am not a huge fan of the word comeback. You can probably guess from the title of this episode, my preferred lens for discussing these types of stories. And that is playing the long game as creatives when you're living the creative life. I have talked about this a lot. And not necessarily in the sense of, oh, if you play the long game, you'll be rewarded in the end, because I don't believe that. I believe that happens for some people. So this isn't about the fact that these people I'm going to talk about today are finally at long last getting recognition, winning awards, etc. My lens is more about how if you keep going, and you keep the faith, and you keep trying to do work that pleases you and allows you to express creativity in ways that resonate with you, that you will increasingly over time find opportunities to continue doing that, to continue feeling fulfilled. Now, there may be points along the way that you lose hope, that you feel despair. And I'm going to talk about those moments as well today. Before I get into the nitty-gritty of all of these people's stories, I want to introduce them to you. And as much as possible in today's episode, I'm going to let their words speak for themselves. I want their words to shine in today's episode. So I have done quite a bit of research for this one. There's a lot of citations, and I will be including all of those links in the show notes. Most of these people will be very familiar to my Gen X and older millennial fellows out there. Let's hear it for the Xennials, the Oregon Trail generation, those of us who were kids in the 80s, came of age in the 90s and early knots. We know and possibly love many of these actors. The first is Michelle Yeoh, and she, of course, stars in the movie Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, which I just watched last night. Highly recommend. It is a wild ride. As you can imagine, the whole quantum theory multiverse aspect of that film is right up my alley, because my novel deals with the same thing in a very, very different way, I should add. And I call it the many worlds theory. But same thing. She's the first I'm going to talk about. Then I'm going to talk about Jennifer Coolidge. She is, of course, in White Lotus, which is a serialized show. I can also highly recommend that one. Although unfortunately, because I found it very stressful, I still haven't been able to get through the first season. But it's extremely well done. The next person I'm going to talk about is Hui Kwan, and this is a favorite of mine. We all know him as the kid in The Goonies. He was Data, the one with all the gadgets, and there's a, a bit of a reference or a callback to that in his starring role with Michelle Yeoh in Everything Everywhere All at Once. He was also in that rather awful Indiana Jones film, loved The Last Crusade. Can't say I really loved the other ones in that particular series. And then the final one I'm going to talk about today is Brendan Fraser. He is, of course, in the Oscar nominated film The Whale, which I haven't seen. And this film has garnered some controversy over its portrayal of a fat man. I would like to say here that I typically use the term fat rather than obese. Uh, It's my understanding that for people involved in fat activism, the preferences for the term fat, obese is seen as a medical term. I grew up in an era where fat was a basically a slur, and we used the word obese. Uh, So it took a little bit of working through that discomfort to start using the word fat. I just wanted to mention that. So you know where I'm coming from, uh, when I use that word. Uh, And Brendan Fraser was uh, that guy who was in the mummy movies. And uh, one of my favorite films, bedazzled, which I'm always thinking, I gotta rewatch that. He was just so hilarious in that that movie. Okay, so why don't I like the term comeback? Simply put, comeback implies that these people disappeared and were kinda doing nothing for years on end, and then we're given another chance. Which isn't true. These people were all working through their low periods. But it also implies that The important parts of a career are those times when you hit. And creative careers, the creative life has ebbs and flows. And like I'm always saying, if you can't come around to the idea that living the creative life and doing your creative work is about all of it, not just those times when you hit, it's about playing that long game, but not necessarily in view of reaching that eventual hit down the road, in view of living your best life living a life that feels that it has purpose for you because you are a creative person. And that's the only kind of life that's going to feel that way to you. I prefer to look at these people and their careers from that perspective of sticking it out and playing the long game. And while I am ecstatic for them, that they are getting this recognition long overdue. Personally, for me, I'm someone who has never hit, don't know if I ever will. Don't know if 20 years from now, I'm still going to be talking about how I'm trying to finish a novel. I really have to look at it from the perspective of every day that I can live my creative life, that I can feel that I'm expressing myself creatively and giving myself that freedom and keeping the faith that if I keep going, eventually I'll get there, there being fulfilling myself personally. That's how I keep myself going not holding out hope that someday I'm going to win a Pulitzer or whatever. The reason I find all of these stories so inspiring is because these are people who are, well, they're a little bit older than me, but essentially they're middle-aged, so same stage of life as me, and they are, some of them women, they are some of them people of color, and they are some of them people who have struggled with sexual assault in Hollywood. So I will say from the perspective of these people coming from positions of struggle or trauma and working through that and resurfacing, yes, you can call these comeback stories. So let's begin with Michelle Yeoh. Michelle Yeoh is an Asian actress, originally hailing from Malaysia. And over the years, she has been in a lot of the biggies. For example, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon that came out in 2000 which you'll probably remember. Memoirs of a Geisha, never saw that one, 2005. She also has a major role in one of the newer iterations of Star Trek, Star Trek Discovery. And of course, as I mentioned, she is in Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, and she has recently won a Golden Globe Award for that and has become the first Malaysian actress to receive a nomination for the Academy Award for Best Actress for that film. She's absolutely fabulous in it. Again, highly recommend you watch it. It's available for purchase or if you subscribe to Showtime. I just subscribed to it last night, uh, getting one month free to watch it. All of this is to say that Michelle Yeoh has been working all along. She's been paying her dues, right? This isn't really a story about a comeback so much as it's a story about someone who is finally receiving recognition for their excellent work that has unfolded over three decades of work in Hollywood. Michelle Yeoh is 60 years old. Why is this important? Well, I will let her words speak for themselves. She recently, as I said, won a Golden Globe. And during her acceptance speech, (laughs) I really love this. You know how when They give acceptance speeches, they're given a certain amount of time, and then they have to get off stage. And to encourage actors to get off stage, they do stuff like start playing music, and that's your cue. Oh, I got to wrap this up. Well, Michelle Yeoh was like, nah, I'm not going to let them tell me to shut up. And what did she do? She told them to shut up. She said, shut up, please. I can beat you up. And that is serious. (laughs) This is in reference to her role in everything everywhere all at once where she does a lot of martial arts. Here's what she has to say about being an older woman in Hollywood. She says, or she said in the speech, as time went by, I turned 60 last year. And I think all of you women understand this as the days, years, numbers get bigger. The opportunities get smaller as well. I probably was at a time where I thought, come on, girl, you've had a really good run. You worked with some of the best people. It's all good. Then along came the best gift. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Ugh, starting to feel emotional, guys. This is an emotional episode for me. It's so easy to feel this way as a woman in any place, any role in life, that we lose value as we get older. Well, Michelle Yeoh is here to tell us that that's bullshit, that we are in an era where women gain value as they get older. This is something I felt for myself, certainly. I haven't even come into my own until my 40s. This is the best time of my life. I'm in my prime. I feel that no one can stop me. It's time for women to stand up and say, shut up, this is my time. And uh, that was a little callback, if you may have noticed, to the movie Goonies, to that speech that Sean Astin gives when they're down, down in the well that convinces all the other kids to continue pursuing their adventure journey. So thank you, Michelle Yeoh, for being such an inspiration, for speaking out about these issues, and for telling those who would seek to silence you to shut up. All right, on to Jennifer Coolidge. So Jennifer Coolidge, like Michelle Yeoh, has always been working. She was, of course, in the American Pie films, the Legally Blonde films, she was in that hilarious mockumentary Best in Show that came out in 2000. Highly recommend watching that one. It's about uh, dog show people. Just so funny. She's been working fairly steadily all of these years, and then comes along The White Lotus, and she has won a Primetime Emmy and a Golden Globe Award for that. She is her essential self in The White Lotus. Uh, if you know anything about Jennifer Coolidge, she definitely has a way about her that is iconic and recognizable. And she does not disappoint. She brings it in The White Lotus. She's an example of an actress who had kind of secondary or minor roles her entire career, small little parts. And her acceptance speech at the Golden Globes, you know, in, in her typical way, she gets right to the point talking about what this feels like come she came to hollywood as a young actress and the hopes and dreams that she had for herself and just getting these little roles along the way and having those hopes and dreams never really materialize and this resonated so much for me because i had big dreams for myself too as a young woman and part of coming into my own now here in my 40s has been accepting that you know there're not going to come true. I've got to find other ways to be my best self and do my creative work and, and live a life that feels like it's, it has purpose. Jennifer Coolidge also, uh, similar age to Michelle Yeoh. She's 61. So, <laughs> you know, I'm in my forties and I'm like, oh, it's, it's just been a long road. Well, it's been an even longer road for her. Let me read to you what she said about her journey because I think that she really nails what this feels like. She said in her speech, I just want to say some of the people in this room, there were like five people that kept me going, you know, for 20 years with these little jobs. I didn't know anyone. And it was just this sort of thing that wasn't going anywhere. Then were the, there were these people that would give me these cute little jobs, and it would just be enough to get me to the next one. I just want you all to know that I had such big dreams and expectations as a younger person." But what happened is they get sort of fizzled by life. I thought I was going to be the Queen of Monaco, even though someone else did it. But I had these giant ideas. And then you get older and, oh, shit's going to happen. And then she calls out to Mike White, who is the one who gave her the White Lotus job. You've given me a new beginning. You've you've given me hope. Even if this is the end. You've changed my life in a million different ways. My neighbors are speaking to me and things like that. I was never invited to one party on my hill. (laughs) And now everyone's inviting me. Love that. So thank you, Jennifer Coolidge, for saying it like it is, for not being ashamed to talk about your hopeful, youthful dreams and how they didn't come to pass, for standing up there and being your iconic self and for showing us all what playing the long game really looks like. Let's move on to the third person, Ke Hui Quan. I've already told you a little bit about his early roles in film. Now, Ke Hui Quan came to the States as a very young child, as a refugee. So his story is a very iconic American story. Now, this is an example of someone who has not worked in front of the camera since those early roles. His acting career kind of fizzled out in the early 90s. He just couldn't get the roles. Why couldn't he get the roles? Because he's an Asian man. Not a lot of roles, or at least weren't a lot of roles. Probably still true that there aren't a ton of roles for Asian men in American movies. He talks about in a December 2022 article profile on him in, I believe, Vanity Fair. Again, I'll put the links to all of these, my sources in the show notes, about how he found himself finally auditioning, you know, in this position of auditioning for a role for a quote unquote, Asian man that had maybe two lines. And he was in a room full of other Asian men, hopeful actors, and he didn't get the role. And he was just devastated. I mean, this is a guy who you know, as a child, he was iconic. Who doesn't love his character in The Goonies? He was fantastic. And this is a guy who can seriously act. I mean, again, he really is the joy of everything, everywhere, all at once. I mean, I just found myself waiting for the scenes that he would be in. And he plays a character that has three different iterations. So it's it's like he's playing three different characters in that movie. Just amazing skill he found himself sitting on the bed thinking, what am I doing? Why am I putting myself through this? So he went back to school uh, to get a film degree, and started working behind the camera, coordinating stunts. So he's had his career in Hollywood, right? I mean, and this is this is still successful. But his heart and soul are in acting. And even though he made the best of things, and he's lived a very good life, I believe he is now 5051 years old. He told himself all those years, you know, I don't I don't need to act. I love what I'm doing. Acting really isn't my thing. He was lying to himself. Acting really is his thing. It's what he was born to do. Well, he finally got his chance again. And the interesting thing about this story is that the lowest part of his life, he said was after he actually filmed everything everywhere all at once, because It didn't come out immediately, right? So he had this high of experiencing being an actor. I can only imagine how thrilling working on this set was. And then nothing. Couldn't get jobs. Again, same old problem. Couldn't get jobs until the movie came out. And now, of course, he has his pick of jobs. I resonate with the story because I continually tell myself that I don't need successes in writing that it's all about how I feel day in, day out. As long as I love the writing, as long as I feel inspired, as long as I'm living the creative life, then I'm going to be okay. And that has to be true. And I, I do believe that, and I do work for that. But of course, I still want to have successes in writing, whatever that looks like, a publication at the very least, right? Finishing a novel that I really feel good about, that I'm excited about, that I know is my best work, that I know is good. So thank you, K. Hui Kwan, for showing us what it looks like to struggle with dignity, to continue to find success, even when it's not in the career of your dreams. Thank you for showing us what it looks like to allow yourself that feeling of despair, but to keep going nonetheless. I'm really, really happy for you. The final person on my list today is Brendan Fraser. Now, I learned something about Brendan Fraser when I was doing research for this show. This is something that I didn't hear about when it happened, or when he made this accusation. Uh, He alleges that he was sexually assaulted by the Hollywood Foreign Press Association President Philip Burke in the summer of 2003. Brendan Fraser has said in a in an interview that after he made that accusation, the phone stopped ringing. He doesn't know for sure if he was shadow banned in Hollywood, but certainly whether or not that's true, the fact remains that he has experienced something that many people, many many women of course, but also men as is coming out recently, have experienced in Hollywood. And they not only have to struggle through the trauma of being the recipients of abuse, harassment, assault, but then they're left to wonder if their lack of success is about that, about what they did or did not do in response, whether or not they came out publicly about it. They're still going to be wondering. Their careers have been fucked with by these people who have allegedly perpetrated these crimes. I'll read you something that Brendan Fraser said in a recent speech when he accepted the Critics' Choice Award for his role in The Whale, which I think I mentioned I haven't seen only because it's only available in theaters so far, and I do not go to theaters. He ended his speech, well, here's what he says about the movie. The Whale, it's about love and redemption. It's about finding the light in a dark place. And I'm so lucky to have worked with an ensemble that is incredible. Uh, Notably, the film also stars Sadie Sink, who is, of course, famous for her breakout role in Stranger Things, the phenomenon of the last few years. I believe it's a Netflix show. He ends his speech by saying this, and he puts this out for anyone who's struggling, anyone who feels like they are in a dark sea. He says, I want you to know that if you have the strength to just get to your feet and go to the light, good things will happen. So again, we have this narrative, almost of redemption, this, this thread we see woven throughout all four of these stories of people who felt like they were falling down over and over and over again, felt this overwhelming sense of personal failure, Kehui especially talks about this, how although he was of course aware that the major problem for him and not getting roles is that there just aren't a lot of roles for Asian men, he always felt like it was his own fault that maybe he wasn't good enough. But all of these people got to their feet again, they went towards that light. And what is that light? Well, probably different for all of us. For me, and maybe I can generalize to some extent, for all of these people that light is this idea that there is still something else for you to do in this world that matters. As long as you can keep believing that that is true, please keep going towards that light because all of us have the capacity to do something that makes a difference. And that's the ultimate message of all of these stories. They, yes, are seeing an era of personal success for themselves. But as Jennifer Coolidge herself says, Maybe this is the end of it. Maybe this is it. And who knows if there will be more roles, more awards, or if the eye of fate will pass on to another person and give them their own chance. But beyond that personal success, what all of these people have done is inspired others. They show us that playing the long game is worth it, that we can survive through the ebbs and flows of the creative life, that that in and of itself has meaning that that is a tremendous success in and of itself. Because after all, that's what we're celebrating here with all of these people, right? We're not just celebrating the fact that they did a great job and they're getting recognition for that. We're celebrating the fact that their comebacks, as these stories are called, that they struggled, even suffered. They fell down and they got back up again with dignity and belief that their actions in this world matter. I don't know about you, but I feel lifted up by these stories, and I think right now the world is pretty hungry (laughs) for some redemption stories. Thank you so much for spending this time with me. I hope that you too feel lifted by these stories. There are many more out there. I just picked ones that resonated deeply with me. Please recommend my podcast to anyone you think may be interested in it or need to hear what I have to say. Have a wonderful week. And I will see you back here next Friday. Bye.